Welcome to another episode of Chapel Hill Thrill. I am your host, Jacob Karabatsis. We're presented by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm going solo today because we have to celebrate an amazing weekend to be a Tar Heel. The performance that Drake May and Co. put together on Saturday was incredible. It is insane that I am finally getting to witness UNC football under Mac Brown that is taking care of business and winning games in blowout fashion that they are supposed to be winning in blowout fashion. The biggest flaw that this program and these teams under Mac have had is that they play with their food. You know, a team comes in or they go on the road to a team where they're a touchdown or more favorite and they struggle they keep the game close they play down to the level of their competition they simply have not done that after the app state game i had worries but look that's in the past we're sitting three games in a row in which the tar heels have been pretty heavy favorites and they have come out and absolutely slaughtered the competition and It just feels great to not have to sit here and sweat, not have to sit here and worry when we're playing Syracuse, not have to sit here and worry when we're playing Minnesota, when we're going to Pitt. No no offense to those programs, but UNC this year is a team that genuinely has a ACC champion, even college football playoff level talent on their roster. You expect to blow those teams out. You expect to blow a six-win team out. You know, it's... It's what you should do, and they're finally doing it. Let's talk about the game. 40-7, to an absolute clinic on both sides of the ball. The offense goes for 644 total yards. The defense holds Syracuse to 221 yards. It was an absolute masterclass by both units. Um, You could begin in so many areas. We're going to obviously start with the offense, though. So there's been a lot of talk from people who aren't really understanding the schematics of this new offense. They're not really understanding that when UNC is able to run the ball at will, there's not really a point in Drake May having to air the ball out and throw for 350, 400 yards. They're seeing the numbers. They're concerned. We were all hopeful that Drake would win a Heisman. But time and time again, he's already shown us twice through just five games that he's still got it in him. He threw for 400 in a blowout win against Minnesota. Then he comes back against Syracuse. Everyone's talking about, you know, oh, we're not sure. Drake's not been the best. He's just been doing his job and doing what he has to do to win football games. Tez Walker gets freed. Tez Walker makes his debut. He's obviously... Working into the system, which thankfully this was this this type of game because it's a perfect game for him to get worked back into the system. He finishes with six catches 
for 43 yards. He gets nine targets. You know, it's really a perfect storm. Tez is now listed as a starter on the depth chart, and we assumed that him being back would open things up for Drake May. And although he only had six catches for 43 yards, it opened things up for Drake May. And all of the people who were doubters, all the people who were concerned, just go back and watch the tape. Because he threw for 442 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He only needs one more 400-yard passing game to break the UNC record, which he's going to do at some point this year. So let's let's just pump the brakes a little bit on the Drake May hasn't been great train. He's been phenomenal. Yes, the turnovers, I will agree with you, the turnovers in the first two games, that was my only concern. But he hasn't done it. And he hasn't done it since. And he's had two since a kind of slow start with two wins to start the year. He has turned for 400 or more yards twice in the last three games. He's still at almost 1,700 yards passing on the season. And not to mention he's getting it done with his legs. He had 55 yards and a touchdown on the ground on Saturday as well. So he accounted for... 497 yards of offense and four touchdowns. I'd say I'd say that's pretty decent. I'd say it's pretty decent. So he still has it in him. Obviously, if things on the ground are going well with Omarion and with British, they're not going to force him to throw the ball. They're not going to force it downfield. They're not going to put him in a mistake-prone situation. There's no point. The defense is a lot better than it was last year. And Elijah Huzzy is an absolute animal. He's like looking like one of the wins of the transfer portal. So they don't have to force the issue as much. Last year they had to force the issue because they constantly gave up points. They were constantly having to score or come from behind or strike quick. It's a little different situation this year. As long as he's doing what he can to win football games and as long as he keeps the turnovers down, I'm going to say he's playing exceptional football. And that's really all there is to it. So, look, I'm not saying that Drake May has not had his bumps in the road to start the year, because he has. What I am saying is do not lose faith. He's clearly showing you he's still got it in him. He's clearly showing you that when it comes down to it, if he's going against an elite quarterback, an elite offense, he can get the job done, and he will get the job done, especially with Tez Walker back, just adding another weapon. It's going to be, I think we're going to see a large spike and a huge positive regression in Drake May's numbers over these last seven games, hopefully more than seven, hopefully an ACC title game, hopefully a playoff berth, if not a really big New Year's Six Bowl. I really do think that's coming. I think that Drake May is going to, find himself right back in the Heisman race by the time that this season is come to an end. I really do. I think I think he's he's got a stacked offense. He's able they're going to be able to score especially against the schedule they have coming up and they're going to win a lot of games. That's the ingredients and he's going to be able to do it. Now, that being said, Syracuse they're scrappy. They're not great. They lost 31 to 14 at home to Clemson and Clemson's not very good. Clemson just struggled again this week with Wake. 
So Syracuse isn't a great football team. But that's all we've been wanting as fans. Kill the not great football teams. If you play a close game this week against Miami, I'm fine with it. And do not let the blunder that Miami had last week with Cristobal deciding to run it instead of Neal and losing to Georgia Tech. Don't let that fool you from the fact that this is a really good Miami football team. This is a Miami team that gave Texas A&M the work, a Texas A&M team that just lost to Alabama by one possession, by five points to be exact. So this Miami team is not to be taken lightly, and they're going to be coming in too keen and with a chip on their shoulder because of how they lost last week. So that's even more fuel to the fire for them. So UNC has to be locked in. They have to be ready. They have to keep taking it one week at a time like they have been. And this is an absolutely pivotal game for them. If they can get out of this one with a win, Miami's still ranked 25th even after that blunder. If they can get out of here with a win, they get a three-game stretch that is very serviceable. Virginia and Campbell are very easy games, to say the least. Those are games that UNC will be favored by. They'll probably be favored by 12 and a half against Virginia, and they'll be favored by like 19 and a half or 20 and a half against Campbell. Those are two wins. Now, Georgia Tech is good. They're playing at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's not great, but we saw what they did against Miami. They're going to they're going to hold the ball. They're going to have a, a lot of time of possession. They're going to make you score quick. So they're not a bad team. So that's not a free win. But you figure you can get you're coming into Virginia at six and zero if if you beat Miami. You figure you could be easily be nine and zero heading to the final stretch of the season. That is the important part, though. This team, hopefully continues to show that they do have a different DNA than Mac Brown teams of the past. Not only was a Mac Brown staple struggling against teams you were a heavy favorite against, it's also a staple of these teams to get egos, to think way far ahead, and to lose a very pivotal game like this one on Saturday against Miami. That is another concern that has been around UNC football really since Sam Howe probably, which isn't a long time, but that's just really the only time they've had a lot of expectations. The Marquise, the Marquise teams, they didn't have expectations. They just ended up being good unexpectedly. So I do think – that it is very important for UNC to remain level-headed and realize that they're great, but they're only as great as they allow themselves to be. They're not just going to be able to – they're not as good. And I'm not saying they couldn't beat a team like Georgia. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is if Georgia has an off day against the 25th-ranked team in the nation – they're getting out of there with a win still. UNC can't afford that. UNC has to be locked in every week. If UNC messes around and turns the ball over a couple times, the defense gets lax, Drake may make some bad throws, they get too caught up in the hype of being 5-0, and that's when bad things happen. So all I'm asking of this group 
is to stay within yourselves. Trust how good you are. Don't get cocky. Don't get ahead of yourselves mentally. Don't start looking to to Clemson or to Duke. Don't do that. Take it one week at a time like you have been doing. And that will be the key to success for this group because they have proven they are definitely capable of competing for an ACC title and competing for a playoff spot. I mean, I'll be honest. I think the floor for this group right now, after what I've seen, if everyone stays healthy, I think the floor is that this group goes 11 and one. But unfortunately, the way that the ACC looks, 11 and one is not getting you to the promised land where you want to go. Florida State will most likely go 12 and 0. Louisville is undefeated, just got a huge win against Notre Dame, and their conference schedule is weak. They avoided Clemson, they avoided Florida State, and they avoided North Carolina. The only really hard game on their schedule conference-wise left is Miami. So there's three undefeated teams racing and running for the top of the ACC standings. So that's why each week is so pivotal because we're not really sure that we can even afford to lose a game. And I know that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure for Florida State and Louisville as well. But that's why I really hope they can stay mental, mentally sane, calm, and realize the task at hand and realize how special the group they have is. I do genuinely believe that they will beat Miami on Saturday. From what I saw and how Miami's offense struggled at times against Georgia Tech, I think our defense is better than Georgia Tech's, and we should be able to slow Miami's offense down. Miami does have a really, really good defense, so that is the test. But Minnesota had a good defense, and we figured it out there. I just think we have too much. I think Tez being here now as a full starter and actually being – acclimated to the system and getting getting put in as a full-time guy now. There's no pitch count. There's no snap count. There's none of that. You're looking at Tez, McCollum, Kobe Paysauer, J.J. Jones, and then you're looking at the slew of tight ends. Nesbitt and Morales have been huge. There are so many weapons. I just think they're a little too deep on that side of the ball for Miami because there are so many ways that they can beat you. And now everybody's going to be scared because I feel like there, you know, teams are going to try to do what Minnesota did and key in on the run. Well, Drake threw for 400 yards. And Syracuse tried a little bit of the same. You know, Marion averaged five yards carry, finished with 78 yards. British averaged four yards carry, finished with 25. So, they all they tried that in a sense, and Drake made through for 442. So I think that what the tape is going to tell coaches now is what do you know, what do we really do? Because if we commit to the run, Drake's going to kill us. If we don't commit to the run, Omarion's going to kill us. So I do think they have a very unique skill set on offense where they are incredible at all aspects of it. If you try to key in on receivers, the tight ends kill you. If you try to you know, key in on tight ends, the receivers will kill you. If you try to key in on the pass game in general, the run game will kill you. If you try to key in on the run game, the pass game will kill you. 
they have a counter for every single defensive matchup. And that is, is what makes this group so special to me. And of course, the other thing that makes it special is the guy who's leading them. In my opinion, he's the greatest quarterback in my lifetime that I've seen play at UNC. Now, I'm not very old. I'm only 25. There's probably some guy that played in the 60s or something or the 70s that was incredible. So if there is, feel free to tell me about him. But Drake May is the second-best quarterback in the nation with the potential to be the best when he is on his game. When you have a guy like that, you don't even need the really crazy extra stuff around him. But you have it. Yeah, it's okay. I'll edit it out. It's just me. I'm having to do a solo episode of this. I've only got to go for like one more minute. I was about to do my outro. Then I have to record again at like three-ish. <sighs> this fucking fly. He lives with us now. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm feeling hopeful. Um, I feel like this group does have the mental wherewithal to not get ahead of themselves, to take it one week at a time. They realize how big and important of a season this is. This has the chance to be the most historic UNC football season ever, and I think they know that. I don't think they're going to let the pressure get to them. And I think that has a lot to do with the level-headedness of Drake May. I mean, he's not that type of guy. And I think he does a great job keeping everybody level-headed. They have a huge game Saturday. They're favored by three and a half points, so Miami is tough. Coming to Keenan, like I said earlier, they will have a chip on their shoulder because of how they lost to Georgia Tech. UNC is the better football team, so I'm asking to stay focused and keep doing you. Keep doing what you're doing on the offensive side of the ball. Take what the, what the defense is giving you, whether that be the run, the pass, whatever it is. Take it. Don't force anything. Don't start trying to force Drake to throw for 400 yards every game. If he does, he does. That's great. And realize that Miami's offense is not bad, but we just saw how they struggled in, at times against Georgia Tech. There is no reason that this offense should come in and gash you. There is no reason that you shouldn't be able to move the ball. And I really just think that this should be a win. Miami's a very respectable opponent. No reason UNC should lose this game. Um, you know, Tyler Van Dyke, Miami's quarterback, threw three picks against Georgia Tech. He's mistake prone. If you just get a little pressure on him and make him rush his decisions, make him force things downfield, he will turn the ball over. Donald Chaney, he's pretty hard guy to stop. Their run game is, is pretty formidable. But – and that's an area UNC struggled with in the past. But I trust this front seven. I trust them to make it really, really difficult. And I trust the offense more than any unit of any team. Not in all of college football, but it's close. I trust this offense a lot. 
and I think they can get the job done. I'm going to go ahead and predict that UNC on Saturday will win 31 to 21. That is my final score guess. Hopefully I'm right. It'd be great to be right for once. But one thing I know I'm right about is the fact that this Heels group is special. This Heels group is awesome, and they will go a long, long way if they don't get ahead of themselves. That does it for this edition of the Chapel Hill Thrill. We will be back next week with a few special guests, obviously. You know I love bringing a good special guest on. Until next time, stay safe, enjoy your weekend, enjoy the Miami and North Carolina game on Saturday, and I'll talk to you guys next week. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.